Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And tonight I have a very, very special guest. We have... Uh, my name is Kieran Hutchison. I played Andy Hucker. And tonight's episode for debate is no episode because this is a conversation with Kieran Hutchison. Kieran, thank you so, so much for joining me. Uh, I'm honoured. Thank you. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me. This is uh, this is fun. It's nice to talk about all this stuff. <laughs> well, uh, so well, I was just explaining just before we were recording that Dom's not here for this one because we're doing our best to keep him spoiler free. Um, but uh, he he has some comments and things he wanted me to pass on that I'll, I'll pass on as we sort of get there. But um, if we could just take it all the way back, pre One Tree Hill, pre all of this stuff. Um, how did you first get into acting? Like what what sort of got you into it? Were you doing it like in high school, in like theater groups or what? How did it begin for you? Yeah, so um, like Andy, I am actually from New Zealand. Um, so it started started back there. I did do the school plays when, when I was quite young. Uh, and we had, uh, I, I lived in a, a place called Whangarei in um, New Zealand, which is just north of Auckland. <laughs> and up there they had a thing called the Northland Youth Theater. So over summer, uh, which is our, our uh, Christmas, um, you, we would do like plays and we'd all get together. It's like summer camp and you'd rehearse plays and put them on and stuff. So I did that. I think I did that first time when I was like 14, going way, way back. And I did that a number of years. And then, um, yeah, I was always interested in trying to get into acting, but not living in Auckland back then was like a deficit because that's like the big city, you know. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I, I had to wait till afterwards. Um, out of high school. And then there's a television show. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it called Shortland Street. No, I, I mean, it, I know I the name. Um, I know the yeah. name of it now from researching you, right. but uh, no, I wasn't familiar. Well, with what, it. what it was, it was like, what about our first, like, you know, uh, it's like, like a Coronation Street, um, uh, <laughs> so called, you know, at nighttime, uh, or, or the Australian ones would be Neighbours and Home and Away. So ours was uh, Shortland Street, which is set in a hospital clinic. And um, that was my first, um, that was my first professional audition. So I auditioned for that when I was like 18 um, and got on there uh, and, and did a couple of years there um, into my early 20s. And that sort of started things off, really. After that, it was, um, I was just, uh, you know, had, had an acting career in New Zealand for a while, uh, all the way through the 90s until I moved to LA. And, and so that's awesome um, and amazing to like book your like first audition. <laughs> it's, it's good and it's bad because after that you think, oh, well, yeah, it'll be easy after that, right? And then, then you realize it's a little harder than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, it was good and bad. Well, and then you make the the big move over uh, to the States. Um, and so is that straight to, you know, get closer to where, you know, the big action is to try and get, you know, into movies and TVs, I'm assuming that's what drove that move? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the main things. I also just love traveling. I mean, you know, Kiwis love to travel. Um, I, I did um, a couple of television shows there. Like I did William Tell and um so it's family robinson that was shown overseas and i took some of that money when i was like 24 i guess and backpacked around europe for like six months so i, I always wanted to see the world and you know get out of that's so new zealand's a great place but it's so isolated down there you're just always looking out going you know what's out there so one of the motivations was um you know just getting out and traveling which took me to la and obviously in la you know want to want to try to get some some good work um so that was about 2002, I think. I was, I was doing little trips there before that, but 2002 is when I, I really moved to LA. So, um, and then, uh, then, you know, you just audition a lot and living with your, your, you know, a few friends who are doing the same thing. And it's a really interesting time, you know. And then that, that, that's when you find out it is a little harder to get than your first audition. <laughs> <laughs> And so did, did you book a few other things before you had your audition for One Tree Hill or was that yeah, like I the think, first I think One Tree Hill was my third job here, I think. Um, I did like an episode of, of, um, of Charmed, remember Charmed? Mm -hmm, yeah. I had a scene with Alyssa Milano, which was awesome because I grew up watching her and um, I did like an independent movie and then, um, and yeah, then One Tree Hill. And... Um, this might be a bit of a naive question, um, but did, are, are some of these roles, are you having to play American or were you always able to keep your accent? 
No, um, yeah, I would, I would, I would play American um, often. Yeah, actually, that was one of the good things about One Tree. Actually, that I mean, that gets into into the One Tree Hill thing. I guess I auditioned originally an American accent because Andy was not uh, a Kiwi, and I had um, even in New Zealand, like I was on like uh, the first season of Xena Warrior Princess, <laughs> uh, way way back, you know, old school, and um, and these other shows. A lot of the times, you know, they actually are an American accent down there anyway so you sort of get used to to doing that um so I was I was comfortable doing that and the first few auditions I think I auditioned like three or four times when you go through the process and um and it was always an American accent and then Mark Swan who's you know the creator um I guess on the last on the last uh audition he'd see they looked me up or something and he found out I was from New Zealand and then he went, could we just do this? Actually, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I think that might be interesting. So, so that it sort of evolved like that, you know. And so when, that's awesome. That was going to be one of my questions was oh, whether. Right. Well, uh, he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was that, was that meant to be? Or that's, that's great. And so when you're doing the, the audition um, process, um, were did did you have to like uh do like a chemistry test with moira kelly was that part of it or no i i met moira uh on the, on the set <laughs> um no it was just like yeah i mean the first audition there's lots of people and then you get your call back and this is less and less and i think that last day um it was i think it was two of us there was only two of us left um and you, you don't always know you, get, you just know you're getting closer so you turn up and you go ah oh, there's only us. Okay. <laughs> and then when we were in there, it was, um, it was just me and Mark um, for that last one, you know, and we, you know, played around for 20 minutes or so. So um, then, you know, well, okay, great. So it's close. We'll, we'll go one way or the other. And then you have to wait for a few days. <laughs> and uh, so, but no, I never, I never did a, a chemistry test with Moira or anything. Well, um, you had great chemistry with her so um you know that worked out for the for the best anyway it works out yeah what did, did were you familiar with the show before you were auditioning or was it a case because it was quite small at that point or was yeah, it, it started, yeah but it was you know yeah i was aware of it because it was it was i feel like it was already quite popular um and funny thing is um my wife uh is also uh, you know was an actor back then as well um uh, nearly got on the show. So, so actually, just just before my auditions, um, like two or three months before, she auditioned for the character played by um, Danielle um, Elizondo. Oh, um, yeah, she plays uh, Felix's sister, um, Anna. Anna. Anna, exactly. So, so Nicole, my wife, um, got down to the last couple of people for for Anna. So we were actually uh, expecting her to be on the show. And then, you know, she missed out at the last minute. They said she looked too young. Some, you know, always have these, these arbitrary reasons. But um, uh, so uh, actually, you know, we were kind of this close to me and her both being on the show at the same time. Because obviously, I think our characters were introduced like same episode or around about the same time. So, so yes, I, I was very much aware of it. So by the time we'd had that experience with Nicole, but, um, when my audition came through a couple of months later, I was like, oh, well, this, well that's kind of fun. You know, this show is, uh, keeps popping up. Yeah, well, I mean, and I mean, it kind of the the show maybe started small, but it, it, it you know it erupted into being this thing that is known around the world. I mean, the fact that we're talking now, you know, in the UK, no, that's crazy, right? Yeah, insane, and it 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 lives on. Like the fandom seems to continue, and especially with you know streaming services. I mean, how 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 does that feel to be um, associated with something that? has a life that doesn't seem to be you know stopping i think it's great i think it's great it's um like when i when i was more in the demographic for watching the show because i was like 30 when i when i joined um it was 902 or no for me when i was watching something <laughs> i was like a teenager you know so uh, i was even at the time i always thought that was kind of like the touchstone of like this is we had the oc and once we hill were like the two shows at the time where where it was a similar kind of phenomenon to, to, to those 90s shows um, but you know it was also before when I was on it was before you know the internet really took off in the way of Twitter and Facebook and and all these things that I think are extending the life of it and as you said the streaming services and, um, so you couldn't even see that coming you know at the time you just like on it and think it's great and maybe run it a couple of times and that's usually the end of it right but here we are you know 
and doing the conventions that people have been doing and um, and younger people who were would have been really young when it first came out or babies, you know, they're discovering it now. I think that's interesting. Mm. When uh, people come up to you who are quite young, like how old were you when it was first on? But uh, I, I think it's great. I love it. It's kind of a nice period of time as well in terms of the show is set where there isn't social media and there isn't, you know, people are on flip phones, but they're not on their phones all of the time. You know, it's kind of like a nice capsule of a bit like Pleasantville almost, but but with tons of drama, you know. um... No, it's true. The the longer it goes on, the more unique that little time feels, which I think is an interesting thing about getting older and and how fast things are moving these days. But... um, I remember actually. I remember Andy having a really, uh, a really cool phone at the time. I don't know if you, you've you've seen everything. So um, later on, with jewels at the wedding, and he had like a razor. Remember those razor phones? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, it like very cool. Uh, it's kind of quaint now when you think about these computers we carry around with. So. I I love it. Well, I mean, so so you enter the show. Um, I would I would say that your character's entrance is probably one one of my favourites. In when you sit down next to Karen and oh, the audition film, by the way, it was over and over and over again. Well, well, it shows because that it's flawless. Like I love the way that you get up and the whole you know commanding the room and uh, you as the teacher and you know about. Um, can you run a business without greed and yeah. it's it's great I, it's such a great it it um it makes you it likens you to andy's character immediately right right yeah it is very um so much kind of manipulative in that way where it's like you're gonna like this guy because look at this he's gonna say these things that are uh, and you know it helps when you agree too i was reading those lines going yeah i agree with that so you know it's very easy to hook on him you know and you get to play someone that's like a multi multi millionaire. I mean, you you're basically like Bruce Wayne. You're just not. We just haven't seen Andy be Batman yet. But I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's the secret. Uh, yeah, it's one tree hill after dark, right? Um, <laughs> was, yeah. it, was it had like it must be cool to be playing a character that that is going to be likable and it is going to be cool. Um, you know, compared to, there must be, you know, roles that you have to play where it's like, well, it's a bit nothing or you're playing the antagonist. I mean, was that something that drew you to the role as well of being such like a, a likable character that became a fan favorite? Yeah. And those things are true, but it's also interesting where you um, are fully aware of the fact that you are there to complicate another storyline. If you know what I mean. So you're mm-hmm. operating on different levels where, um, like for me, the whole One Tree Hill experience was very uh, Karen-centric. Like I was there to, you know, be in Karen's life, and that obviously led into Lucas and, and some of the other characters. But there's a lot of characters I never met, really. Um, and, you know, I, I met all these people as um, as real people, as the actors, and, and you know, that, that's kind of the way I think of it. But so it's funny, I have a different relationship with the show. But you do know that, okay? So absolutely. Um, Karen and Keith are going to get back together at some point, but for now, I am. And my job was to, um, to, to, to make make the audience um, a little conflicted. Like I know they want Karen to get back together with Keith, and they should because that's the bigger picture. But that's one. So did did you know that you were gonna that you you know that it was just going to be for season two, or uh, you know how how did that how did that go? Yeah. So. Um, so no, you don't, you don't know how long, in my case, and this is kind of typical with recurrings, you know, especially in America, um, you don't know how long you're going to be on. When I auditioned, I knew, I knew the function of the character that you're, you're there for, for Maura, Cal- Maura Kelly's um, love interest, and you're going to be around for a while. But um, I think I was contracted for uh, four episodes to begin with, and they say maybe there'll be more, um, and you stick around as long as they'll have you. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and then I think it's like, you know, are you available next week? You know, just availability and they just keep adding it on. But when it, when, when it ended, uh, to a certain extent, it's a natural thing that happens when you're recurring at the end of a, a season, they're, they're deciding what's going to happen the next season. And from what I understand, they decided, okay, it's time for, for Karen and Keith. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they solved the Andy problem by deporting me, I think. Was I deported? I was you, deported were de- right? you were deployed, yeah. <laughs> Bloody Dan. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, I would have found out. I would have found out when I got when I got the script. 
you go, all right, cool. So I'm going to go for a while. And it was open-ended, um, but with no firm plans. So when, when they got in touch with me again, I think it was season five. Five? I think five, yeah. Um, that was that was a surprise too, to be honest. You know, I'd, I'd moved on. But happy to go back. And Yeah, and it was awesome. When you came back as well, you, you know, had nice you kind of continued you had nice moments with lucas with chad michael murray's character i mean how as you said earlier that you spent a lot of your time with the same sort of characters with uh lucas karen obviously uh and then dan you there started a great like rivalry with dan and i remember watching it for the first time uh when i watched it you know like uh, 10 years ago or so now um it was I loved it. I loved the, that I was like, this is the perfect match for Dan, someone that's got more money than him. That could be, you know, potentially more charming, more everything. Um, and there were some great moments. I mean, did you, re- did you enjoy those scenes with Paul Johansson? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was great. That was awesome. Um, Cause like I said too, you know, a lot of it is very Karen centric and I love those scenes and I met people adjacent to Karen and a whole bunch of the cast, uh, you know, characters Mandy never had anything to do with. Um, so when 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 it expanded to 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 Dan, I, I, I had a lot of fun with that because um, uh, I, I really got on with uh, Paul too off off uh, off screen. He was he's a lot of fun. I know you guys interviewed him, so you, you know exactly what I'm I'm talking about. Yeah. And um, so and 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 it was it, it was fun to rehearse things with him and and, and find things uh, with him on on set. I think there was that one thing where we were in the car in the car dealership and he throws that um the window throws that thing through the through the glass i mean that's that's just fun stuff where you're like i got under your skin you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love i loved all of that it was great um i mean it was was there any, anybody else that you particularly enjoyed you would like scenes with well i guess that it was mainly those three i guess right yeah all three of those uh, those people were great um I, I got on really well with chad um we had, we had a lot to do with each other off screen for a while there and um it, it was it was odd because I, I was thirty years old um, at the time, so I don't know what is that like. I feel like it was like eight or nine years older than 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 those main main characters. Yeah, main the main actors. Um, so you know, dating his his mum on screen, and to the extent that we had some scenes where I was kind of like a father figure giving him advice and everything, it was a bit of a laugh in some ways because I'm like, I don't know what am I talking about? I'm not that much older than you anyway, you know. But um, but I think that was kind of like a nice dynamic for for Lucas to have this older, you know, older figure who's you know can still relate to him a little bit, and um, oh, and I had that was fun with all that little Lucas stuff in the beginning where I think he's just going to be this little kid. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed all that. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, you, I think Andy just has this great blend of being very very friendly, very personable. Um, you know, you don't really have any any really negative qualities i mean in that way is that hard to to live up to to be such like the sort of baby face hero in some ways yeah i mean you know obviously you're following the writing to a certain extent you know whatever they give you you're you're you're, you're working out um how to make it truthful um and try to relate it back to your life um but i don't know i think there, i think there was a little bit of he was he was pretty forward with the way he was uh, 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 coming on to one of his students. Um, I, I I thought that was interesting. I I like that, that dichotomy of like obviously he's written in as this you know nice guy and you know all these morals and and money and and all this stuff. But um, and Dan you know later on exploited that when when he comes on in and I think he got me fired or he was trying to get me fired before he got me deported. I mean he was you know very interested in Andy in some level, but. Um, on some level, that was a little bit of Andy's fault because he had opened himself up to that. But at the same time, you know, playing the truth of the fact that he, you know, really had a connection with Karen, was in love with her, and um, was looking for ways to make it work. Uh, there's like a di- dichotomy there, but I didn't think it was all sunshine and light. He, he, uh, when he went toe to toe with Dan, I think it's because he knew how to be ruthless. He knew how to make money and and um, have a bit of a shady side when it comes to because he had he had that whole arc where in, you know before he had that car accident he was a bit more selfish and he's on the phone and he's you know wheeling and dealing so I feel like I had some stuff to hook into that he wasn't always this guy there was a past here 
lots of money to get him to mischief, and he did. We just happened to be meeting him at a time where he had sorted himself out a little bit and, and got a connection with Karen. So I think you look for, you know, it's not just what's on the page. It's not just what this character has to do in this show, but what was he before? if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think yes. I, I glossed over it there. I kind of, yeah, the backstory, because we, we haven't got to that part. I've seen the show in full like five times, uh, but I haven't, me and Dom looking at it in this level of detail of like we spend free, we do a three hour podcast pretty much for every single episode. So it's very, much, it's great. It's very detailed. So when we get to, you know, Andy's backstory, we'll be all into it, checking the dates, getting all into the detail. Look, I, 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 until you got in touch uh, a little while back, I've forgotten all this stuff too. I, I cheated a little bit. I went back and I had a look. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did, I, what did I do? What was that? I was like, but I do remember thinking that at the time of like, okay, so they have given you some stuff to um, where he's not necessarily as good as he seems. But, you know, they, you know, and, and theoretically they could have, you know, that's open to the writers to, to have, um, you know, made him go in a dark way. And they didn't. And I, I like that they did it because we do get that fairy tale ending for, for Karen uh, later on. I think that, you know, it's nice sometimes just to be somebody who isn't, um, isn't creating the drama, isn't a bad guy, you know? Yeah, completely, completely. Uh, and so have, have you seen the show? You can be honest all the way through. Did you watch the rest of the seasons that you weren't in? Um, I did not. <laughs> um, and it, there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, starting with the fact that I, I, I felt a little old for it, mm. demographic-wise. Um, and then ending with the fact that once I... And this is true for a lot of shows I've been on. Once you're on it and you've met the people, there's a, there's a, there's a suspension of disbelief that um, is broken. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if there's any shows I've watched you know, after actually being on it, and if, if they've continued after me, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty rare for me to, to keep watching just because I'm watching my friends do scenes more than I'm invested in the characters, if that makes any sense. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's like so you... it's probably a combination of both of those things, you know. Yeah, you've seen, behind, yeah. you've seen behind the curtain. So it's like yeah. you can't unsee that, you know, so that makes sense. And, and uh, I'm sure that's not always true, and, and other people may feel differently, but um, but that was my experience. And and that's the thing is, I was aware of the show before I auditioned for it, but um, from afar, it wasn't you know it it, it wasn't uh, again. I was 30 years old, so it's a bit different, I guess. But and I, I I'd done all that with uh, I was a big fan of 902. I know when I was watching, saw Paul Johansson on there back in the day, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, so I was I feel like I'd already been on my emotional roller coaster when it comes to to a show like that. So. That's where I was at. What and so then so what happened after One Tree Hill with you? So what what did you go on to? I mean, I've I've seen that. Um, uh, is is it your son does um, a kid explains history that's done really? That's well. right. Yeah, that's my boy, who's also called Quinn. Um, and he's he's thirteen years old now, and uh, he's been doing it since he was like eight. Um, so that's that's uh, something we've been uh, producing with him for a few years now, um, becoming a bit of a YouTuber. Mm. but uh with the idea of you know um uh having kids learn history and have them be interested in that because he was interested in it i've always been a history buff so now that the tools are all available you know for us to do these podcasts and and, and youtube I, i've really enjoyed that you know building it up and trying to get a following and licensing it to people and and he um you know i'm a dad but he's great on screen he's just like so relaxed he, right from the get-go he's just so good at it so i'm like we're trying to you know, encourages interest in it, but um, that's that's been the thing uh, in the last few years, and 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 I've been doing a lot of writing and getting into script writing and and uh, and things like that. But uh, after straight after One Tree Hill, when I left, God, was it two thousand and five or six? Yeah, I think. Uh, my wife, who, as I said, nearly uh, ended up playing Anna, she ended up getting a TV show on one on uh, ABC Family called Wildfire. Uh, that ran for like four seasons and she was one of the main cast in there out in Albuquerque and on the second season I got written in uh, and then uh, got cast in a miniseries for a lifetime that where it was interesting like you know playing the the, the third wheel on uh, to somebody else's storyline on, on One Tree Hill and then I ended up being the the main guy in this um, 
this uh, miniseries called Monocove that was shot down in Australia, ironically. Uh, so you, you got, and somebody else was cast as our third wheel. So it's kind of funny how it, how it all kind of, you get on different sides of those dynamics. Um, but yeah, so just uh, kept acting there. I went back to New Zealand for a little while, ironically to go back and play the same character that my first job ever, the Shortland Street role. Oh, uh, a while back, they got in touch and said, you want to come back and do a year, uh, you know, 50, it was like 15 year gap or something. So, um, so I did that, took my boy and, and my wife down to New Zealand and, and we've been back here for a while now too. So life is good, you know, just been getting through lockdown in the last year. Yeah, completely. Definitely. Um, and I have to say, I chose the wrong country. I could have been in New Zealand this whole time and I'm here I am in LA. I'm like, oh, okay. I know. Well, my, my wife is a really big fan of netball and netball is massive in New Zealand. And so she watches it on, uh, on TV here and we could see just the crowds, like there's no yes. or anything. Yeah. It was completely fine. You know, my friends are on Facebook at, at, at rock concerts and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm happy for them. It's great. They're doing the right thing. So, you know, getting on top of things is a good thing. But um, but it's interesting. I, I, we mentioned earlier, I think, um, all these connections to New Zealand with One Tree Hill. Um, obviously, they ended up making my character uh, a New Zealander. But from what I understand, um, obviously, there's a One Tree Hill in Auckland. To you know, there's so many volcanoes in, in Auckland, and one of the one of the dormant ones is called One Tree Hill. Literally, used to. I don't think it does anymore. But it used to have one tree on it. Uh, and U2, the rock band U2, do you know you know this, right? Is this part of the, everybody knows this. Okay, so when U2 did the One Tree Hill song, I think that's how Mark Schwann hooked into it. Mm-hmm. So that was another reason that I thought was, uh, that I think the show first got on my radar when I was living here, because I went, that's got to be about Auckland, right? That's got to be, mm-hmm. there's got to be some connection. Um, and it took me a while before I, I found out that story about, about the song. Um, and then they worked it into some of my dialogue, which I think you've just, watched just literally the episode just gone yeah and me and dom were going dom was having issue with it because he was like should it should it be called one tree hill is that a mistake and he was like no 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 it's actually what yeah yeah one tree hill um it does feel like a strange bit of trivia in a way it's a little bit out of left field but um i know the guys back home thought that was fun when it when it when it first aired back in the day they're like oh look a bit, a bit of a shout out you know what i mean um but no that's true that's because i grew up in auckland so you know i was very familiar with with the area uh so I, I i did enjoy that like up until that point my 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 you know biggest uh role in america was connected to home like that i thought that was fun uh it's awesome it's really cool and i have to say i didn't know great where... song too great song yeah for sure <laughs> i i have to say this isn't it i didn't know where to slot this in this is an odd thing to say um but you've aged incredibly well you look great <laughs> <laughs> congratulations on that well yeah, now i'm really glad i've done this podcast that's the whole story <laughs> well, I, I have some i have some uh fan questions uh if that's okay from uh from some of yes. our listeners um i i also um i have to ask one of the a question i always ask anyone that's uh that's been in in a show or movie or anything is did you get to keep anything from the show like any props or anything like that I'm trying to think uh not props I think they, they would have been a bit angry if I'd gone off with the prop. But um, like when, when you're when you're a more more uh, when you're one of the main cast or the lead, you can get away with that stuff. I don't think recurring. So, like put that down. <laughs> um, but we did. We got some great gifts. Like we got like wrap gifts. You know, you know, like tote bags with One Tree Hill emblazoned on there. And I've got some of those things at home. Um, and some scripts. I, I kept. I think I kept the, the first script. Um, which is also fun now too, because so you know these days they email them to you and print out the sides and everything. But they they used to give you the whole script and have it shipped out to you, you know. So that that feels like you know and a relic from the past. Um, but no, I think that's it. Just off the top of my head, I don't think I have anything else. Good question, though. You you have the memories. I also ask because then I then I try and buy them from you because you can probably see I I have some. I see, yeah, you got some great stuff back there. Yeah, well, we, I actually I actually managed to get paul johansson's jacket off of him <laughs> his ravens jacket oh really so that's his yeah so this was uh it's in it's actually it was in your season so it was uh there's an episode where Lou, um i think nathan's in like a coma as you do and he has a vision or a dream that him and lucas switch places like what would have happened if um basically dan had stayed with karen 
Um, this rings a bell. Okay. Yep. And then in that episode, he, uh, Dan is the assistant coach to Whitey and he's never been like, he's like basically, a, you know, a bit of a, a shy guy and this, that and the other. And then he, he wears this jacket. And then he, uh, when I asked him the question about whether he was, he had props and whatever, he said that he was going to, he was about to auction this stuff off uh, for charity. And so instantly I was like, don't, don't auction it. Let's talk afterwards. <laughs> Let's just, we'll work it out. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Let's shift it over. That's awesome. So, oh, so you got you got better memorabilia than I have. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, hey, that's funny. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Whitey. That's actually another connection because sometimes there's all these weird connections, like how my wife nearly got on there and the New Zealand connection. Barry Corbin came down to New Zealand um, in the year 2000, like before before Montreal, and I knew him from Northern Exposure and all these great great things from back in the day. Um, and I got cast in a movie called No One Can Hear You. It's a thriller, right? And Kelly McGillis was the was the lead, and it, it, and that would happen sometimes, and still does in New Zealand. A whole bunch of uh, American actors will come down, and we'll do like a, a show or a TV series, and we'll pretend Auckland is, mm-hmm. is is LA or something like they do in Toronto, you know, for New York. Um, so anyway, so I, I I was in there as 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 one of the red herrings of who's who's the bad guy, and uh, I hung out with Barry Corbin a few times, and a uh, uh, great guy, and. Literally, like, so it would have been four years later. I'm on set, and I'm like, "Hi, Barry, guy from New Zealand, following her around the country, following around the world." You know what I mean? He's like, "What?" Took him a second. I'm like, "What the hell? How do we know each other?" So yeah, it's fun. Sometimes it's funny how you have these these connections, you know. And my wife loved um, uh, it's cutting edge, is what it's called, right? More, more the more Kelly. I, did you ever see that one? No. That's actually really good. It's actually it's a it's a good good little movie. But my. Uh, my wife grew up idolizing her in that movie. So when she came out to visit us on set, and we all we had dinner with Moira and her husband, at the, and um, and Nicole got to to fan out, fangirl out on her. So that was a you know, it's all sweet, sweet stuff. You know, that's awesome. I'm going to check that movie out now on on your recommendation. Um, okay, so uh, Alicia says, uh, do uh, does he still keep in touch with any of the cast? She also says, also. Oh my God, you got Andy on the podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> you found Andy. Andy's out there somewhere. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we've, we've, we've mostly gone our separate ways uh, now, but I, I still am in contact with, um, with Tyler Hilton. Uh, he, he just had his baby and um, we text about that and have seen each other a few times. I went to his wedding uh, um, a couple of years back and actually had the wedding caught up with like Hillary. And a, and a bunch of people. Um, Chad and I were in contact for a long time. Uh, I haven't seen him for for a few years now. You know, life just sort of moves on. And and uh, Paul, I, I talk to every now and then. But um, no, I haven't seen Mora pretty much since. I don't think I've seen Mora since since we wrapped that last that last one because um, she doesn't. We, we haven't been living in the same places or anything like that. Um, and a lot of the other guys I, I knew in passing just to say hi to and hang out with. Oh, Lee Norris, we used to, he, she used to live with us. Um, we had a house out here. <laughs> and what we, what we would do, because we were, you know, we were commuting so much between LA and, and, and North Carolina. Um, and a lot of those guys had houses out in North Carolina and they, had, but they, wanted, they needed bases in, in LA and we had a spare room. So, so Lee, for like a year or so, back when we were on the show, he would, he had his, he'd keep his stuff in our house. And every time he's in town, he's, you know, we'd all hang out, but then he was, but he was mostly, he was doing so many episodes. He was always out in North Carolina. So, um, so I was quite close to Lee for a while there too, but uh, yeah, you know, love all those guys. Whenever I see them, it's fun. But um, in terms of day-to-day life, not so much anymore. No, we're all sort of doing, doing our thing. I, 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 I love that by the way, that I can't believe that's like, I feel like that's an exclusive for little Lee Norris. Well, oh, cause that's the thing. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't think Andy and Mouth ever, ever met. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't see why they would have. <laughs> pretty much but, bipolar opposites of characters. And and actually also, yeah, very much. And and also, um, same with Tyler. I don't think we had anything to do with each other. But me and Tyler and uh, Chad used to, you know, used to hang out a bit. Tyler was young then too. He was, I don't think he was even 21 yet when we'd go out to a bar and all that stuff. But uh, I think he just, well, I remember taking him out on his 21st birthday. So you know, it goes way back, but um, uh, and it was you know it, it, the, when I was there it was very you know social and everybody was uh, especially young cast were hanging out and so you know there was you know it, it was a good camaraderie there. But um, 
and again, I don't know about later seasons because it wasn't there. But wow, it wasn't the same without you. Don't don't bother. It was garbage. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it, was, it was great. We love it. Obviously, we're doing the podcast, but uh, that's right. And and Tyler Hilton's got a great voice. I I really enjoy his music. Um, mm. so that's that's awesome. Yeah, I loved I, I loved watching him go play back then. You did a, a few shows and you do like little uh, intimate cafe uh, situations around town. It was really great. Very talented. That's awesome. Uh, I've got a question in here, but it's in French, so I can't read it. But um, so I'm I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I wouldn't understand it either. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Bailey says, uh, "What was your favorite memory on the set of One Tree Hill?" Favorite memory on the set. Um, I was just. Uh, I'm trying to think. I loved uh, shooting in Karen's cafe. Cause have you been, I don't know if you've been to Wilmington. Uh, Dom, a- Dom and I are actually, we're um, the crescendo of this podcast. We've already arranged it. Um, so I don't know if you know, but there's a organization called FWB. I don't know if you've done anything with them, but they, they basically do charity events, but they, uh, they rent trick. They actually have the premises and they run events where once or twice a year in there. Um, actually, Tyler Hilton is playing a virtual concert there at the end of March. Everyone check. Perfect. Uh, but that's we're great. we're going, Dom and I, in 2025, because that's how long it's going to take to finish the podcast. And we're going to do our final episode from Trick in Wilmington. And then we get to go and oh, dude. stuff. So. That's great. That'd be awesome. Hopefully. And, and they've decked it out. They, they deck it out like it like it was on the show, and they have it all. Yeah, exactly the same. They've got loads of props and things from the show, and then things are recreated. Um, and it's like go walking into a into the set as if it's actually happening. Um, That's great. That'll be awesome. Twenty twenty five is going to take. Yeah, I guess if you don't go with every episode, holy crap. So- four and a half year commitment and i literally i have an 11 week year old baby as well so it's, um, sometimes it's difficult like, i'm just going to spend three hours talking to my friend about one tree yeah yeah right i'm sure that's going down really well no you're working at that that's awesome isn't that great when they're young like that it's so cool i mean quinn's you know 13 but i still remember taking lots of pictures you know just take lots of pictures lots yeah. of video where we, we still put those things on but you know to answer the question i, I loved um it, things like karen cafe and to a certain extent uh trick too but um uh, they they kept they kept the sign up and everything when we're there i don't know what it is now maybe this i don't know but at the time you know the facade was there so and everybody all the locals knew about it people would take pictures outside and you'd see some you know, fans of the show sometimes um and then you would you know you'd literally walk on in and and you're you're not on a stage you're not on a sound stage you're not on a set you're you're in this coffee shop um and I found that I found that lovely because um, all of the Wilmington uh, just staying there for, you know, when you were shooting uh, episodes was um, was lovely. So I used to always enjoy shooting there because a lot of the other stuff was on a set. So it's, you know, like a regular show. So That's awesome. I have to just ask. So we've we've tricked. Did that, you actually you did you film in the actual like warehouse that wasn't on a studio that was just in the warehouse? Yep. Yeah, it was right in the warehouse. That's awesome very cool so those two yeah those two sets especially were were fun because you know a little bit less of the um suspension of disbelief you you feel like you're really there and you're you're really walking into a place you know i, I like that that's really cool um sarah says uh so excited for this one love andy uh <laughs> any idea that you'd be back in season six with karen well i guess you said you you what you didn't know that was a nice surprise no, yeah, I didn't know. Um, I did. I did follow the show a little bit afterwards, and I heard that Keith got shot, and I was like, "Oh, really? Shot?" <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> um, and then, uh, no, they yeah, they called us pretty much out of the blue. Um, I just got back from from making that show in Australia, and I just had my son. That was actually the same year, two thousand seven. So uh, I was in your situation, but he was even smaller, and. Um, I think there was some talk, I, I, you know, you hear stuff, you know, behind the scenes. I think there was some talk about actually, you know, going on for a few more, because I think in two episodes, I think it was going to be a few, but it was contingent on, on whether or not Maury was coming back, because I think Maury had left the show too, yeah. as a regular. So um, uh, and I think when she decided, or it didn't work out for her to come back for a long time, then then uh, then they, you know, they, they wrapped it up in, in a nice way, I think. But um 
it was a surprise and it was really it was really nice to go back after a few years and having done other things and to see everybody again and be in Wellington again and you know um nice and nostalgic not as nostalgic as it is now now it feels like <laughs> a long long time ago but even after a couple of years it was like oh good you know, let's see all my friends again yeah that's awesome I, I think when you know that it's like a nice atmosphere and people have enjoyed it and people are friends it makes it nicer to watch the show like you know there are stories about some you know film sets and tv sets where people don't famously like don't get along and then when you watch it, it kind sounds of, miserable huh? yeah miserable it kind of translate <laughs> over but when you can when you know people have enjoyed it it's like oh yeah well it comes across so i think it's nice um this is a good one so um oki asks what is the this is not one tree hill related it's just about you what is your ultimate series that you binge watch? Like, what is your, do you have, and do you have any guilty pleasures? <laughs> guilty pleasures. I heard someone say, I heard someone tweet the other day, there is no such thing as a guilty pleasure. You like what you like, which I think is kind of fun. But yes, yeah, so I, I get it. Um, uh, in terms of um, binging, yeah, I love binging. Me and my wife will do like, you know, hours a night. Um, I joined Breaking Bad really late, which I recommend because. I do when you get into that rhythm and then you find out you have to wait for another year for the next season. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. So we came in like in the last season and just watched it all in like three, three, four weeks. And that, that was life changing. Cause I think that's, that's um, an amazing show. Um, I'm right now I'm watching Babylon Berlin. Have you, have you seen that? No. It's a German show, but uh, it's on Netflix. Um, it's a historical show about Germany in the thirties, but it's very, it's really good. And we loved Game of Thrones, all these things. So a lot of the, the, the basic ones, but that's a little obscure. Babylon Berlin, but I recommend it. That one's that one's great. Okay. Subtitled. Have, have you seen? <laughs> you lost me. You lost me a subtitle. Okay. <laughs> it was like, what? I have to read it. <laughs> have you? Um, Dom would. This is where Dom would be like, be like wanting to say something because he uh, he loves historical things. He, his one of his favorite shows of all time is Band of Brothers. Have you seen that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's like that's great back in the day, like twenty years ago now. Yeah. Um, Band of Brothers, it was good. And Peaky Blinders. I've been watching Peaky Blinders. Mm -hmm. it's, um, and I'm glad too, because it's, again, it's late. I've just started in like five seasons in, so I'm like, good. I can just blast through all, all of those. But um, yeah, history has always been, I've always been very, a lot of the, uh, I mean, historical movies and TV shows kind of get close to the truth. Not, not slavishly, but they start to feel like they're truthful. I'm very into that. I like uh, the immersive stuff. Nice. So awesome i think we have something in common me and don i think he did too bad he's not here but he doesn't want to hear what happens to me right he doesn't want to hear all this stuff he doesn't want to Completely know ruins it. he'll be devastated that you're not that you're and by the way it's pretty neat trick it's a pretty neat trick after all these years i mean how, if he goes on the internet he has to make sure he never, doesn't see anything huh? it's it's basically we protect him so like he doesn't have he has, he's, in a, he's in a one tree hill bubble exactly in a non one tree hill bubble yeah um, and the outside one tree. yeah it's difficult because we get like we get messages like every day that like, we've been really uh lucky to have like a, a pretty big listenership um i think i think a lot of it is because people are interested to hear two male perspectives on the show right. um and yeah, yeah. our humor is a little bit blue um like we're <laughs> especially to get Good. together because we've known each other all our lives um so, yeah you start feeding off each other yeah, yeah. and we've had a laugh with it and i think um so i think i think that's maybe interesting because a lot of the other podcasts which are great but they've been like female uh driven and because it, it's kind right. of more of a female show i guess um yeah, you know, you guys definitely have got a unique perspective on it. I, I like that idea of somebody who, you know, the fan who's seen everything and, you know, someone being introduced. Cause, and that's why it's a great pleasure. You know, even with my son getting old enough now, uh, going through all the old movies, you know, old movies even just from the 90s and 80s, you know, for him old, last century. <laughs> and the really old ones, you know, um, Casablanca and everything, sitting him down and going, all right, let's watch this. And, and watching somebody else enjoy something you already love is actually... I, I really, uh, really like that. I can't wait to do that. Yeah, that's one of the things mm. I'm looking forward to. But that, that, and I was sitting there going, "Get older, get older! Come on, we need, we got these things to watch." Yeah, <laughs> I need to show you like Back to the Future and all of these things. Yeah, well, uh, and they do. They tend to, they tend to take to it in the sense that I mean, they've got so much uh, entertainment. They got so many new things to watch. But those ones like Back to the Future, all those classics, that really stand up. They, um, they work. They just, they just work again. You know, which I think is is good, is good to see. 
But has your son seen seen any of One Tree Hill, or would you let him watch it, or at any point, or? Oh yeah, no, I don't mind letting him watch it. No, um, uh, he, I think he's seen a little bit. He's he's dabbled into. I mean, I think it's tough when it's yeah, when, when it's your dad or your mom. Like he's watched some of Wildfire with Nicole stuff, and he's um, he watched some of my William Tell. Because uh, William Tell is like that was another one. I don't. We only did one season of that, but it's still sort of shown in certain places throughout the world. And there are, there a bit like what you're talking about with One Tree Hills lasted a long time. There are people who grew up with that show and they get in touch and they're all like, uh, I grew up watching that, which is really bizarre and fun. Cause it was just a great job I did when I was, you know, in my early twenties. But um, I remember watching that a little bit and just being confused going, what am I, what am I watching exactly? Cause it's all very science fantasy and long hair and all this silly stuff. And he's like, that's you. That doesn't look like you. I'm like, I don't know. Um, so no, he hasn't exactly hooked in. It's a bit like what I said about not watching the rest of One Tree Hill. His dis, uh, his suspension of disbelief with me is, you know, not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> maybe later on. I don't know. That, but he, he's yeah, he's been intrigued. I think once you first you first start googling and stuff too, you go, you're all over the internet. What the hell is this for these specific things? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it didn't exist when I was doing those shows. It just exists now. Everything's forever. Could you imagine? <laughs> yes. Could you imagine? It's if... something to remember. Everything's forever. It just stays there, man. <laughs> well, that's worrying when we're doing three-hour podcasts every week. But... <laughs> yeah, you, you guys better watch your blue language. <laughs> well, if, um, could you imagine if um, social media and Instagram and stuff was as it is now when One Tree Hill was on? Like, you'd oh, have a million crazy. followers in, in like a month, like as in it's... Well, and, and some of those, um, some of the cast members who went all the way through, obviously they got at the tail end, right? Because it was off, what, 2010 or 11 or mm, around there? Yeah, around So, there. yeah, I, I guess those guys all very much did experience that. And I have other friends um, who have been on shows, similar shows like now, and you see, you know, their Twitter following, you know, all this stuff is just like crazy. And, it, and from what I understand too, especially with the younger guys, it affects casting. Like you, when you get down to the last two, like I was with Andy, if they can't decide, they'll just sit there and go, well, he's got more Twitter followers. That's <laughs> it's crazy. crazy stuff, you know? And that's a whole economy that we did not have to deal with back then. So yeah, it does occur to it does occur to you that um that would have been a very different experience, you know, with the with the modern um environment. But uh I'm really glad that it was nice and quaint and <laughs> yeah. you know, this uh this long ago thing. But um but, you know, it's also, you know, I'm very active on social media. I enjoy it too, you know. So it's good. It's good. Good and bad. I was super happy to find you. I, I think, I think. Right. I, you found me on Instagram, right? There you go. See, it's, you know, there it is. I, I was super happy to find you. And then I always worry that, like, I don't want to, like, bother someone. Like, it's kind of this thing of, like, you want to, I want to ask you to be on the pod. I want you to know that we love you and we think you're great and we're fans. But you, ne- you never know if it's, like someone's just like oh i don't you know just want to be left to their life you know so yeah well and wait first of all you guys were very respectful and how you you asked and everything and if i hadn't answered i hope you wouldn't have held it against me you know of course it's, not. Of course not. it's just not personal you know what i mean i feel like those people who do want to be left alone or feel like that's not something i want to deal with you just wouldn't hear from them yeah i feel like you're in control of that you know what i mean i don't feel like people are you know if, if people are it is kind of weird with the DMs where people just say hi. You're like, um, hi. I'm, what do you, What do you want from me exactly? <laughs> if you're starting a conversation or you got a particular question or you, you know, it's a bit different. But that that's kind of weird. But um, I get it. You know, I, I would have done the same thing when I was younger if my my you know people I was fans of were on on social. Is people feel contactable now? It's like it's a yeah, weird absolutely, and it- and they are in ways that they never were. Yeah, I mean, this was unheard of, right? totally you used to have to send a send a letter like a you mail a letter yeah maybe if a while back someone write something back or you get some shitty picture with your your signature on it you know if you're lucky lucky <laughs> yeah well i mean way better to be a fan these days yeah it's different it's a whole different level but i mean the we, we've we've asked people so dom and i used to do a movie podcast um and we've had it was 90s movies so we had people a lot of like child stars that were like from movies when we were kids like from like the mighty ducks and little giants and oh, great. On, like yeah. which was great and we loved it um 
but we've had we had loads of people that you know said no and we're always like well yeah of course that's that's completely your choice some people don't aren't into talking about that they've moved on or they're just they're doing other things and uh we completely respect that um so but we're but we're thrilled that that you know that you said yes um we've got just a couple more if that's okay so from oth forever who uh is sarah gallo's mum i can't remember mary i think sorry mary if i've got your name wrong uh she said what type of projects are you up to now we spoke about that so you're doing that so i'll put yeah. i'll put the you can i put the i'll put the description to your son's youtube channel um oh, i'd love to yeah link. please yeah i always always want to uh, get you know, let people know about the the show and um especially if you have young kids have you got any kids under i don't know under 10 for sure but even even his age um they love it they eat it up and it's the first time they've been introduced to these subjects, like who is Napoleon and what was World War II. And, and it's very, it's very much introductions to these subjects. And it's in Quinn's the host. Quinn's, it's in his words, you know, helped by me, but his words. And actually now that he's older, he's basically writing. But when he was younger, it was a bit more of a collaboration. Um, he's, he's taking ownership of it now. So yeah, anybody with, um, who either doesn't know the history and wants to learn it or has kids and wants to introduce it, I think you'll like it yeah i i watched some of it i liked it it was really good and i liked it's just is nice and it, like a nice yeah introduction like you said and really successful like it's like massive hits on on there it's great yeah it's been getting good views and we've been starting to get licensing deals which is lovely um it's going to end up on uh some streaming channels and stuff um people just you know i mean you know how it is with, with what you're doing people get in touch and it starts to grow its own take on its own sort of life um which was uh, not always the intention. It was just really getting stuff out there and Quinn had an interest, but but now it's kind of like, right, you know, I'm, I'm happy people are watching. You know? So yeah, absolutely. Uh, the link would be good. Um, I, I, I haven't been acting as much recently. I still do things when they come up, but I haven't really been focusing on it. I did a, a, a TV movie last year with Samaria Armstrong. Um, uh, and that was fine. I had my beard and tried to look a little older when it grows out it's a little gray so i'm kind of enjoying that you know <laughs> getting into a different uh, uh age group if, <laughs> if, if uh makes sense and but you know i just do that every now and then and uh, um i've been writing my, my wife and i've been writing together uh scripts and we're, we've got a couple of movies um getting close to uh production this um whole COVID thing has put a bit of a spanner in the works so we're waiting for everything to settle down but you know um it's had, had some stuff optioned and making attachments and that's really what i would like to do is um uh produce and and write maybe direct but but mainly at the moment producing and, and writing stuff because we've, we found we really enjoy it as movie fans and, and as actors and you know i've been on set since i was i don't know it's 25 years now it was that first job so i've seen a lot of changes and everything but um finding out uh think of the, the sort of stories you want to tell and how you want to tell them and using your taste these are all things that actors don't always like especially on a show like one tree hill this is mark Schwann's show this is you know this is uh their their baby and you're there to facilitate you're there to um bring your um contribution to it and um and help make it work for what they want but yeah there's a real joy in going i actually I'd, I'd, I'd like to do something this way you know um so that's been a big big focus now i also i wrote a book too i've been wrote, wrote a novel uh, in this last uh, little while it's so crazy it's wow. like because i have you know more time man it's like all right you know one of the one of the stories we have is a science fiction story it's a little bit expensive an idea for a tv series but um thought all right well while i have this time and we've got it all planned out we sat down and and uh I've, i actually just finished finished the first draft it's not finished finished but you know completed the pages like a month or two ago and now i'm into revisions and that's been great uh, like i've never written anything um that ambitious before and uh love it love it wow can't wait to get it out in the world i'll, I'll, I'll be working on getting that published as soon as i can and try to drum up uh so you know stay tuned for that that's crazy multifaceted multi-talented i, I just keep them busy you know keep them busy I want to read the book. When the book is published and it comes out, will there be a... Do you like science fiction? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. speaking of science fiction, so with this whole spoiler-free thing, 
Dom and I are about to start a second podcast where the the premise is flipped around. So he is the expert in the show, and it's a show that I have never seen. And we're at we're about to start Star Trek: The Next Generation. So right. that's about as sci-fi right. as it can get, right? So. Quinn Quinn just just burned through every Star Trek property. Like I started him with the original series. We went to the eighties movies, and then uh, he's, he's he did. Uh, next generation and on all of it like he's i think he's up to the new ones now discovery and everything so he like he is like he just took to it big time so um oh that's fun so so it'll be the other way around other way around yeah i i've so we're i haven't seen any any of the original star trek and i was saying this to my wife this morning because i was trying to watch the first you haven't seen any of the 60s one none of it and i was saying it does that doesn't feel right with me like i like to watch from the very beginning so i might have to try and binge through those ones and then get to the next generation but yeah it's funny i remember when jj uh did those reboots mm-hmm. which is around about when i left uh um montreal and i remember putting myself down on tape for captain kirk because you're around the, the right age and all that stuff you know you, you always try to get you know these all these like things are like that would have been great um and uh one of my ex-acting buddies back in the day uh carla barn ended up playing bones but we started out uh, in Shortland Street when I when I that show Shortland Street I did when I was eighteen. Um, uh, all, pretty much all my scenes were with with Carl back in the day. So it's it's funny all these people, you know, come and go from. So I, I guess that was a long way of saying that's when I really got. I, I watched it a little bit when I was younger. But when you're like, oh, maybe you you get a chance of being in the movie, you 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 dive on into that stuff. So I remember watching all of those. William Shatner ones back in the day and thinking um, they're, they're all of the fun. They're very, they're kitschy. They're um, very sixties. You, you meet them where they're at, but there's some good stuff in there. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Well, we uh, and that's awesome about Star Trek. Um, but the, I, your book, I, I want it. And what I want, I want to, I want to, obviously I'm going to buy it, but I need a signed copy. Can we work this out? <laughs> you can't. Um, I think this is something that we can definitely work out there, Simon. I think we can, uh, <laughs> we can arrange that excellent i can't wait well uh wait i've got two two more two more um so nathaniel asks uh how did you feel about karen and andy ending up together so you said you kind of feel happy that there was a happy ending for andy and karen right yeah no no offense to keith but uh when it comes to the the third wheel uh i guess i won in the end yeah exactly <laughs> too bad you got shot keith <laughs> You know, again, I, nothing, nothing bad to say about the guy, but uh, you just got to be patient. <laughs> just wait. and have fifty million dollars. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, just wait it out, and they might get shot by their brother. Who knows? <laughs> no, this is taking a dark turn. I don't mean this. I, I'm, I'm not, I had nothing to do with it. That was, that was not me. <laughs> this is this is how our podcast really goes. This is what is. <laughs> you know exactly. It's like wait a minute. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is from Marine. Um, so there's a couple questions here. I'll read them all through. Um, she got excited, I think. But um, you've answered a lot of them, but we'll see. She said, how was your experience playing a character on such an iconic show? Uh, if you had the chance to play any other... Oh, this is good. This is good. Any other character in One Tree Hill, who would it have been? Uh, have you seen the show all the way through? Answered that. At all. And who was your favorite and least favorite character from the bits that you did see? Sorry, I threw too many questions at you. Didn't no, no, that's good. I think I can keep up. Um, okay. What character would you want to play? Um, uh, Dan. I'd probably want to play Dan. I know I know that's clearly a left field, and that's not how you guys who watch the show experienced me, but um, I, I have on occasion played the bad guy, and it's, it's, it's a whole different thing, and it's... Um, quite ridiculous sometimes and you have a lot of fun and you get to um be exactly the kind of dick you really shouldn't be in real life you know <laughs> Paul knows all about that it's like you know he gets to put it all out there and and just stir stuff up and he he, he had a lot of fun with it and I think uh I would uh I would like to have a crack at that too uh in the parallel universe um and I'd like to see him play Andy because then it would just be weird as hell <laughs> <laughs> uh what was the other one was uh who was your least favorite and who's your favorite yeah who's your least favorite i don't know if there's any least favorites i don't know if uh it, from character point of view see that feels bad because then it feels like i'm actually saying something about an actor which yeah, is not we, really we can skip that part don't worry I don't no know and, and even and, and that doesn't mean I, there's someone i'm thinking of deciding not to say i'm just like when i'm thinking of people i'm like i'm like nah i don't think i'd say that um but no they, they i think they they all served their purpose and all had um 
I always liked that about Montreal. They, they had the younger kids and they had the, had the, the older people, and there was a separation to a certain extent, and uh, and they had stuff to do with each other. And um, unlike some of the other shows, they gave the older characters because that was my experience. I was in with the older characters, really, even though age-wise, I was probably in between the actors, you know. Um, and 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 I thought that they had a lot of respect and gave a lot of, gave a lot of time to those characters. And I liked that. I thought that was the strength of the show. I thought that was really good. Yeah, totally. It actually reminds me a bit. I, have you seen Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid continuation? Yeah, love Cobra Kai. You watching that? I love Cobra Kai. I think they nailed it. Completely. Nailed it. That should not have worked. There is nothing about that show. When you first hear, oh, we're going to do Karate Kid 30 years later, uh, th- that should not have worked. And they nail it. But yeah, I guess what you're saying is the same thing. They've got the older kids, old people and the younger ones. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I fully agree. My, I, so I watched it on my own and then I told my wife, you have to watch it. She didn't want to watch it with me. We watched it. As soon as we finished, we just started watching it again. Like it was that good. So Yeah, yeah. But that's great that you love that. I mean, so, um, well, that's, let's. Well, I'm the right age for it too. Cause I, I mean, uh, I'm not sure what our difference in age is, but I, you know, I was 10 years old when that movie came out. So I experienced it as the phenomenon of 1984, like this big, I mean, that was everywhere. I made one of those headbands. <laughs> I, I drew the, drew the stuff on, made the headband. Everyone's doing the crane kick and all that silly stuff. So I, and then you saw the sequels get shitty. And you saw the next Karate Kid and it all went away. And you're just like, oh, well, it's this nostalgic thing from the 80s and it stays there. The fact that they brought it with such intelligence and then these performances, um, you know, the Johnny Lawrence guy, it's just how now he's funny and you, you, you're, you're making fun of the idea of being a man out of time and not understanding anything, which I can relate to. Um, <laughs> uh, love it. You know, it, it, so, yeah, I, I think. And so then it pulls in people like me who've got that original nostalgic feel. But I think they do the kids really great on that too. I think I think they um, um, I, I think that they uh, have a good balance there. And when did you see when the, you, you, is it the third season where they go to Japan? I don't want to spoil it for anyone else. Yeah, yeah, the third. You see all that stuff? Yeah, amazing, amazing. So good, and yeah. the way they constantly tie it back to all of the movies, and that like they it's done with like respect as well when they get to um you know like the mr miyagi character you know who unfortunately passed away in real life it's treated with such um sincerity and respect but then also like you said it's got this like dark sort of humor to it as well and it's kind of tongue-in-cheek like it knows right it's not taking itself too seriously and at the same time when it does decide to take it seriously it, it commits because and that you know just speaking as an actor and, and, and writer and that's really tough to to walk that line i've been on set before where you're where you're um you're trying to find you know the truth of this moment and there are all these like shortcuts as actors and especially if you, you know people aren't getting the day and these all these other things we've got to move on and you you know this is your last take and all that shit you know all this pressure comes on so you there's these tendencies sometimes to just sort of cut corners and it never works like the audience picks up on it you know months later people watching at home they go bullshit you know <laughs> and so you, you make that mistake a couple of times you go no no matter what happens you need to um you know try to find thread that needle and if if you're faking it it's tough and i and what you're talking about with the miyagi stuff and when they do get it's you know sentimental it's potentially cheesy and um and then the fact that it isn't is kind of a minor miracle i think well done yeah it is wonderful i love it i hope they never stop making it that's like how i feel about yeah, yeah. it well you know and you know that means that it'll get bad at some point but i i hear you <laughs> sometimes you should stop <laughs> that's true well i hope we but get you're, but you're right. a few more seasons just a couple more yes a few more i think i think they have legs i think they have some legs yeah, yeah totally well let's let's say let's pretend i'll i'll did we answer did we answer all of her questions i think we did um oh that you said yeah if you you how did you feel being on such an iconic show i mean does it does that kind of is it kind of stay with you like as in like it's not uh, to be honest it's not a big part of my life right now um and I, it, it, not for any you know negative reasons it's just uh uh you, you move on to a certain extent and that's why i've actually really enjoyed doing this when you got in touch and, and sometimes there's the thing about when you're getting in touch with someone asking them things like that. There are certain times where maybe people don't want to do it, mm. but it's timing, right? Life is timing. Yeah. You called me at a time where I was like, I haven't thought about that for a while. I watched uh, some of your episodes and went, these guys know what they're doing. Good show. I, I, I did my due diligence. <laughs> and then I was like, it'd be, it'd be really nice to actually think about that time again. 
Um, and on some level, it's um, as the time has passed and as the world has changed and, you know, I'm a dad and you have all these other things going on, um, it sort of sneaks up on you gradually that the show is uh, this iconic and now nostalgic, um, very important thing to people. And as that has um, occurred to me, uh, uh, I'm, I'm very uh, proud to be part of it and very happy um, to have, you know, because there's a lot of stuff you do that nobody ever sees or, you, you know, they see once and that's it. I mean, it's a paycheck. You just, you know, and this is definitely not one of those jobs for me. It was a lovely time in my life. And, um, and I can see how much it means to people. And I, and I, I understand why it does because I think it was very well made. And um, so from that point of view, uh, I, I'm really happy to, to, to be a part of something like that. I just didn't know it at the time. You don't know it, like at the time, you know, and again, I was first, I was second season. So it was a show that people were watching. We were getting good numbers, but it's, you know, you, you don't know what's going to, I would not have expected, what, 17, 18 years later to, <laughs> to have somebody want to talk about it on, on a, a podcast, which didn't even exist yet. So, you know, <laughs> these, these things are nice surprises after a while. And I think it's great, you know. Well, and it's so nice to to hear you speak about it in that way. And it's also so nice to hear like what you're doing now. Like it's so interesting and, and hopefully, well, I'm sure that it will be, but the fandom, the people that are fans of you from One Tree Hill and these other projects will also want to support you in these other things that you're doing because, you know, to sort of give back to you that what you've given right. to all of us. So, Yeah. And that is a lot of what it's about, right? There's, there's a conversation going when you, um, when you uh, get in these situations and, and, and I know what it's like on the other side too. I have the actors that I've followed for years or you know, or grew up with and, and admired um, uh, like the people who enjoyed the, the William Tell show. There was a show actually, you know, you're from England. So you might remember this. Remember they did the, the Robin Hood shows in the eighties, the Robin Hood Sherwood. Yeah. Yep. Michael Prade and, uh, and Jason Connery. Um, so that was my, that was my 10 year old going, Holy crap, this is amazing. And there were there were a lot of similarities to the way that show came together, and the way that people talk to me now, they're treating me like um, I'm Michael Prade or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> and to me, I can totally hook into that because I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about because I still remember that guy as um, as, as like an important part of my childhood. You know, so there's something really quite lovely to be that to somebody else, if if that makes any sense. So it's it's kind of a mind trip in some ways, but. Um, but yeah, the, the idea of uh, you know want, want, wanting to, to to support people and the other things they're doing, I think that's great. It's like a little community, you know. Come follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and stuff. I'll put yes, I'll, perfect timing. I'll put the links to, oh, there we go. to yeah. your Instagram, to your Twitter. That will all be in the podcast description. Because I do, I, I do my updates on anything you know like that from there. Because that that is the conversation. And and I can't wait, and I'm sure our listeners can't wait to support you. You know, with you know upcoming movies that that you that you're writing or producing, and, and the book and uh, and the YouTube uh, page as well. And I'm just incredibly grateful for your time. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um, me too. Me too. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I if there, we'd love to have you on again sometime to you know discuss. Well, maybe when Dom catches up with the storylines, we'll be. Uh... <laughs> That would be perfect, yeah. Because he come say hi to him. Yeah, that would be awesome, and then we can sort of talk about the the conclusions and all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, thank you. Absolutely, thanks. It was nice to meet you, and uh, good luck, man. Twenty twenty five, it'll it'll roll around. You'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll uh, we'll send you a picture from Trick, and uh... <laughs> fantastic.